I read you. Where are you? Flying blind on a rocket cycle. Flying blind on a rocket cycle? And now, my friend, the first rule of Italian driving. What's behind me is not important. At the beginning, when you try the first time the 500, Fourth is Sylvain Gintoli. Sylvain taking a second out of Tony Elias in one lap with five to go. Permission to become a complete fan. Uh, no, I am your mate. <laughs> Sorry. Go on, Sylvain. Rostrum boy. I hope you're up early in Boston. Come on, Caroline. I'm sure you can okay. travel hard enough. Put the bottle down. It's too early. Racing it. Life. Anything that happened before or after. Just waiting. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show of record, the show that matters, and the show that puts you on pole position for the news, the commentary, and the opinion of the world of motorcycle road racing. You are back for episode number 89. Uh, we're about a week late uh, off our normal rotation of doing it every other week, and uh, do apologize, but there is a, a bit of a financial apocalypse happening here in Detroit in case you haven't uh, paid attention to the news. and. We'll refrain from talking about the potential collapse of the big two and a quarter here in Detroit and what that means to the uh, U.S. the the uh, the devastation of the loss of three million jobs and about uh, two hundred billion dollars in uh, yearly income and and what that would do to the U.S. economy because that will be saved for uh, RumbleStrip.net, which has uh, been delayed in its relaunch. Uh, because it's been reimagined into something else based on some conversations I've had with people and uh, a vision for it going forward. So uh, with that, we are going to uh, jump into a lot of good stuff to talk about here since it's been uh, about three weeks since we last spoke. And uh, as I said, a lot of good things happening, but let's get the administrative stuff out of the way first. Of course, the uh, the website, as always, is uh, www.rumblestripradio.com, and that's where you can uh, download the show. That's where you can subscribe to the show via your favorite RSS reader through iTunes. Uh, you find the show notes there. Occasionally, we put up some uh, some pictures there. Well, there's always a picture. Just sometimes it's the same thing over and over. Sometimes it's something uh, new and fun. Um, you can also find the donate button there. So if you'd like to donate a couple shekels to the show and given the current financial apocalypse happening here in Detroit, all donations are uh, not only welcome, but encouraged at this point. Um, so there's a little uh, gold button on the on the site uh, sort of towards the uh, top right corner. It says donate. So just click on there. That'll hook you up with our uh, PayPal account and uh, you can go forward to that. So I would like to thank both Keith Cunningham and Steve Schmidt for their kind donations over the last couple of weeks. And that certainly will help take care of the bandwidth here for the show. And uh, also would like to let you know that your uh, your donations have also helped to pay for a couple subscriptions. So for the first uh, for magazine subscriptions. So for the first time in, uh, wow, I honestly don't remember when the last time I was subscribing to motorcycle anything motorcycle magazine related. Even the even the great John's World, uh, that being Road Racing World or yeah Road Racing World. Uh, that uh, so I've subscribed to Road Racing World and to Road Racer X, thanks to your donations, and um, hopefully we'll be able to use those going forward. Um, 
So thank you very much. Feedback is always welcome, and that is at rumblestripradio at gmail.com. And uh, would also encourage you, while you're over on the website of rumblestripradio.com, you can leave comments uh, up on the uh, on the site there. There was a, a great conversation this past weekend uh, when I was at uh, a pod camp here in the Detroit area about what constitutes a blog. And, and the uh, a good point was made is that it can't really be considered a blog unless there's a conversation and feedback uh, going on. So I would encourage that. I, I always love the emails and keep sending them in, but also leave some comments up there on the uh, on the website as well. It's always a, it's always a good thing. And uh, also would encourage you uh, to leave us some uh, some feedback, some comments over on the iTunes store. If we've talked about that, about how you guys going out there and uh, posting some uh, some posting some reviews or, or just your thoughts on the show really helps our visibility on uh, on iTunes, and, and it really does help. You can it, it's very easy to track when people leave comments to seeing uh, the the downloads go up and up uh, based off the iTunes feed. So. Uh, much many thanks to all of those who uh, who have done that and and continue to do that. So let's see, we got a ton of news, not all of it good and not all of it related to Detroit. Um, a couple sad notes going out. Uh, first, the passing of Fritz Kling last week, and uh, uh, never had the opportunity to meet Fritz, but know a lot of people who did, and always had nothing but good things to say about Fritz. Uh, fought uh, fought brain cancer for the better part of the last eight or nine years. Uh, thought he had beaten it once. Um, even a couple of years ago, he uh, he had come back from uh, a second surgery and a second round of chemo and started racing again. And and I'm not saying he had this you know near the success that he once did uh, as one of the dominant riders in uh, in Wira in formerly USA. Um, you know, and even getting to the point where he got to ride on the factory Harley Davidson, and given another year or so, and that bike being worth a worth a, worth anything, really. Um, and we won't get off on the uh, Steve Scheibe uh, uh, soapbox on that one. Uh, you know, could have could have really really made some inroads um, in 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 super bike racing. Just a hugely talented guy, and and apparently really 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 nice guy. So. Um, uh, thoughts and prayers out to his family uh, up in up in Lansing, which is uh, about ninety minutes away here from us here in, in Little Baghdad. And there is, uh, if you'd like to uh, donate to the uh, to the Fritz Kling, um, I don't know if it's a memorial, but there's a donation that goes up to help you know pay for some of his medical bills and education for his kids and stuff like that. You can find that uh, Road Racing World and Road Racer X. And um, I think even Dean put uh, something up about. Yeah, I know Dean's put something up as well. So check the check the major websites, and you can see where you can uh, donate if you if you so choose. Also, uh, best thoughts, uh, wishes, prayers go out to uh, Andrew Trevitt. Of course, everyone I think has seen at this point that he was involved in a in an accident out riding uh, with uh, Kent. Uh, uh, whatever. I, I, sorry, I, I can't. I'm going to mispronounce your last name, and I apologize. Uh, jokingly and lovingly referred to as Kent Kajagugu, uh, after the great uh, early '80s bands. But um, apparently, Andrew was in a, a really, really, really bad uh, accident out there. It's uh, every bit as bad, maybe worse than has been reported. Uh, was basically helicoptered out of there within 20 minutes of the accident, and um, also getting. Um, uh, a note 
uh, from a confidential source saying that uh, that Kent missed uh, being taken out in that accident by a uh, by a sea hare, um, if you get the meaning on that one. So I also uh, threw out uh, a note to Mark Cook. Uh, many of you remember him from a motorcyclist and sport rider, one of the great uh, riders in the industry. And um, he uh, he said that Andrew is uh, is pretty beaten up, broken broken arms, broken pelvis, uh, facial bones, as well as serious. This is I'm sorry. I'll just read the email I got from him. Um, he said uh, this. He sent this to me this morning. Uh, well, about twelve about noon here. So um, the short version uh, from my visit on Wednesday: Andrew is really beat up, broken arm, broken pelvis, and facial bones, as well as serious spinal injuries. Um, he was to go into surgery to fuse part of his spine yesterday at 5 p.m., but I haven't yet called his wife for an update. Um, I might call one of his many friends who's holding vigil um, of sorts at the hospital. When I was there, Andrew was sleeping, having finally agreed to take some painkillers. According to his wife, his mental state is very good. He's been alert and responsive. I'll let you uh, know more when I know more, and that's from uh, Mark Cook. So, Mark, thank you very much uh, for that, and uh, as I said uh, Best uh, best go out to Andrew and his family on that. It's just uh, just not good. And of course, usual uh, cage driver not paying attention and pulling an illegal U-turn, causing that. Just just badness. So, all right. Well, we've got the uh, the negative stuff out of the way. We you know about what's going on here uh, and about Fritz and 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 Andrew. Let's focus on the positive at this point and and find whatever positives we can uh, going forward. The first positive is me. Got a little free publicity this week. In case you haven't uh, checked it out, would encourage you to head on over to RoadRacerX.com. Check out the In Between the Races uh, column for this week, and it features me. So was very, very happy about that. Did that interview with uh, Jeff Feathers about, I guess it was about three weeks ago now. Two, three, yeah, it was about three weeks ago now. And uh, very, very happy with the way it came out. Uh, Jeff did a great job, edited down some of the comments that I made, and uh, <laughs> made. Uh, sorry, we're streaming on uh, on UStream, so uh, getting getting a few uh, comments in here from the uh, from the compost crew in here. So it's always a uh, uh, good stuff. So and it, and uh, oh, sorry, I guess I should have talked about this uh, at the at the top of the show. If you're following us on Pounce or Twitter, and I decide to stream on UStream, you can you can know when we're doing this and and come on in. So. Uh, Pounce.com forward slash rumble strip or twitter.com forward slash rumble strip. So, uh, looks like uh, three, four of the compost boys in the in the house right now. So, uh, if you hear me making uh, giggling, laughing uh, at, at the occasional thing here, I'll uh, uh, I'll let you know what's going on here just in in the general chat going on. But um, so yeah, did the did the interview uh, with Jeff a few weeks ago, and that ran uh, that went up Wednesday afternoon. And uh, so very happy with that, and hopefully that'll uh, that'll kick loose a few things. Uh, I do want to say I am out to about half a dozen people for interviews, and I really haven't heard back from anyone. I'm a little bummed about that, including a couple people I really expected to uh, to hear back from. Um, there's a couple other people that I'm going to be out to later this week who are I know are traveling, so we'll see if we can get them uh, on the show as well. So I really want to. Uh, pump up some of the interviews over the over the winter months here and, and get some stuff because obviously the content's going to be a little light and i would like to keep on a, a somewhat regular schedule also uh check your feed probably next week i put together if you read the road racer x website if you you know 
uh, see the the uh, if you read this week's Road Racer head, you'll see something that I'm going to put out uh, in the in the feed uh, probably next week. I think it's a, it's a little uh, slideshow with some music I put together, going through some old excuse me some old pictures and and running them through the scanner and uh, put together a slideshow from mid-Ohio circa 1992. Some really cool pictures. Okay, I wasn't the best photographer back then, um, even with uh, a legit 35-millimeter camera and, and a halfway decent lens. But um, you'll get the general idea and get to see some people you haven't thought about in, uh, well, in, in a long time, including the the late Larry Schwartz back. In fact, that was uh, that was the race, unfortunately, where Larry was, uh, was killed. But uh, right after he had won the... Super super sport race, super stock race. Christ, I can't remember. It was well, it was 1992. But uh, some really cool pictures. You see uh, Freddie Freddie Spencer on the two brothers Yamaha, uh, Miguel Duhamel on. Uh, I think I think I have Miguel on on the on the no no no, no. Muzzy Kawasaki. That was year. That was after that. It was later than that, wasn't it? Anyways, whatever. Um, just some some people you haven't thought of. Dale Quarterly on track. Um, Thomas Stevens, a few others. So I'll put that out in the feed next week, and you can uh, you can get that. And yes, Scott, I know I can't spell for shit. So uh, yeah, copyright is misspelled at the end of it. I know, and, and I wasn't going to take the uh, forty-five minutes to fix it. So so there. Uh, when people start paying me to spell right, then I'll spell correctly. That's what I've been saying for twelve years. And when people pay me to pay me to spell correctly, I do spell correctly. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, like I said, check uh, check your video feed. Anyways, if you want a preview of that, if you uh, check out Road Racer Head this week, there's a link to uh, to that. I put it up on Vimeo, and I think I also have it up on uh, on my YouTube page as well. One of the other things uh, that's up on my I put up on my YouTube page as well was uh, uh, something floating around on the torrent sites, and that's uh, qualifying for the Macau GP that's going on. You know, you've heard about how crazy that thing is and how dangerous that thing is. Check out, I mean, if you don't want to, you know, you can search for it on YouTube and you'll probably come across it on my page. Look at it on the usual torrent sites. You can find a little five-minute video. It's a pretty small, quick download. But uh, you see what they're racing on, and it makes, okay, maybe they're not racing at the speeds they are at the Isle of Man, but, wow, it makes the Isle of Man look like uh, a pretty safe course, really. I mean, it's just nothing but Armco and, and concrete barriers, concrete barriers around uh, around that place. Um, so check it out. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Someone uh, likes uh, Windows Media. Anyways, we won't get into the format wars. Uh, let's see. Some other news floating around that you may have seen, uh, talked about, especially over the last week and a half. It, was, it, it uh, came up right after the last round at uh, Portugal uh, in one or two spots. Didn't see anything of it, and all of a sudden it's come, out, come back to life. Uh, apparently, Valentino Rossi made some inquiries about racing at the last uh, round of of, uh, of World Superbikes as well, beginning to be very frustrated with the lack of uh, close racing in in MotoGP. And and well, you know, it's no surprise Dorna's getting, you know, this is this is what they want basically is uh, is to repeat Formula One. They keep making motors smaller, keep taking away fuel, doing you know, increasing. Uh, uh, doing the things that make it so that if you don't run an exact, precise, perfect lap, um, you lose time. It's more about not who's the superior rider, who can take a bike. And you know, back in the days of of, of Schwantz and Lawson and Rainey and Doohan and and uh, 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 
Gardner and all, you know, Freddie, you could take a bike that was not good and because you were a superior rider, make the bike do things, uh, you know, and, and be competitive and win races. Now, uh, the bikes are so precise and so fine that it's not about who's the better rider in uh, who can overcome adversity. It's who's making the fewest mistakes. And whoever makes the fewest mistakes wins the race, usually by a decent margin. And these are the things that the rules that MotoGP has come up, come up with over the last few years have caused. Smaller motors, less fuel makes it makes the uh, you know, you've got all these weird fueling strategies. So just so you can make it to the end of the race. Um you might get close racing again with 800 cc's if you would increase their their fuel capacity from, you know, even 21 to 22 liters would make a big difference. But if we went back to 24 liters of fuel, uh, would make a huge difference in how close racing would be in, in MotoGP. Just because you wouldn't have any fueling issues, you could have power. Um, you know, guys would be spinning up the tires, and and a lot of a lot of more fun, interesting racing would happen. That being said. With the single tire manufacturer of, of Bridgestone coming in and talking about how they're making um, going to make harder compound tires, uh, you know, decreasing, going a, a long way to decreasing some of the corner speed, we might see some of that come back. I hope we'll see what happens. Excuse me for a second, and especially those of you watching on on UStream. <laughs> I had some weird weather changes here. It's been uh, 30 degrees, and then I went to 50 degrees, and, and it's humid as hell because it's raining, so it's killing my sinuses here. But, um, <laughs> uh, sorry, someone just, uh, something just came up on Twitter. It was funny. Um, so, yeah, uh, we won't go too too many MotoGP rants today. But, anyways, so Rossi had looked into running the last World Superbike round. How serious that was, I don't know, because you would think of someone in Valentino Rossi's caliber, and he says, you know, he, he seems like all he'd have to do is pick up a phone and say to Yamaha, um, I'll be at uh, at Portobao on Thursday, have the bike ready. And that would have happened. It doesn't seem like, you know, I would think the Felimi brothers would have been, you know, doing whatever they can and, and cutting whatever check they needed to do to put Valentino uh, on a world superbike. So who knows? Um what's what's going to happen uh, there going forward a lot of a lot of talk about what's happening with valentino after his contract with yamaha will end in uh 2010 right yeah 2010 or 11 11 10 11 whatever it is he signed the two-year two-year extension i think it's for nine and ten or maybe it was ten and eleven whatever it is it's it's sort of irrelevant at this point uh he's testing a ferrari uh, the ferrari f1 car again and of course that kicks into things well because you know he's basically had to write a check to the Italian government for about 75 million euros over the last 2 years that he's got you know almost no money left that he's going to be looking to find a way to recoup a lot of money very quickly and that's by signing a, an F1 contract getting paid you know 25 30 million a year to uh, race in F1 and you know he's saying no that's not going to happen and anyone who understands what F1 is these days knows that's not going to happen because by the time he's there he's 33 and I don't think anyone's going to sign a 33 year old guy who's never raced four wheels competitively at any kind of you know I don't care how good he is um, he's never raced at that level in Formula One uh, and gonna gonna throw that much jack at him that being said there's uh, every good every possibility that he might be running World Rally. That would certainly be a good thing. He can make decent money, nowhere near what he's making as uh, in MotoGP. Um, also, a lot of talk of late that uh, he may just slide over and um, 
and go into World Superbike, especially if the racing stays as tight there uh, as it has been in uh, you know just this last couple of days. I finally got to I, you know I watched the World Supersport race uh, from there. We'll talk about that in a minute. A uh, couple weeks ago, right after it, but I just finally just watched the World Superbike, um, the World Superbike races over the last two days. And uh, okay, Troy went off and ran off with the races and did that, but the racing between second and like seventh and eighth in both races that was just great. I mean, it was almost a one twenty five race at at times. But we'll save uh, we'll save that here for for a few minutes down the road. Um, but uh, it will be interesting to see what Rossi does going forward uh, after he's done with MotoGP, uh, if he'll be able to uh, to do some things and get all his money issues straightened out. And, uh, well, it's his life, and he'll figure it out uh, as he so chooses. Very, uh, very interesting uh, column by Michael Scott in... Uh, GP Week, thank you. It's uh, it's an online magazine, and it's at... Uh, gpweek.com I think is is the uh is the correct URL. Let me see if I can track that down here real quick. And oh, sorry, mag mag.gpweek.com. It's a complete on it's it's completely 100% online, but it's uh it, it's a it's a pretty cool slick little thing they put together and you can go back a week or two. So it's not this the week of this week of uh we're recording this on the 14th of November, but the week prior, so the week of the uh, the 3rd of November um they usually come out on monday so that would have been uh, yeah the 3rd of november very interesting column from michael scott in there short column but uh, uh to the point quick and to the point and uh he was talking about four stroke moto gp and how the uh raison d'entre or the reason for being uh for four strokes in moto gp was that it was going to contribute to production bikes that uh, they really couldn't take anything from uh, from the two-stroke world of MotoGP and translate that into what they do for production bikes. And I'm not going to get off on oh, okay. It's all about what I'm not doing today. Uh, not talking about the whole two-stroke, four-stroke thing. I think I've beaten that one to death. Uh, that horse is dead, buried, and um, decomposing at this point. But uh, he's making he makes the point that MotoGP is about to go down the F1 route. In that the development they're doing for um, uh, the development that they're doing in MotoGP really going forward, especially from this point, is going to be very difficult to translate into street bikes because the 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 way the development cycle goes, it's it's strictly for racing, and that includes everything from fuel injection, fueling, traction control. Um, a bunch of this of which we're starting to see on some street bikes, and yeah, we can talk about that. But just uh, some of the ways they're building motors, chassis, all that. It's it's not going to be uh, the uh, the line to get to street bikes isn't going to be any different or any more direct than what it was in the 500 world. Um, now uh, Scott uh, Scott on the chat here brings up a good point that uh, well if you look at the R1 it really does look a lot like the M1 especially if you see it in in race bike trim and uh, by the way the the uh, I made a joke on a couple different things um, I think even on Ride On Two I put uh, uh, pictures up with uh, Ben Spees on on the R1 with it in complete black carbon fiber and then. Um, 
Um, so you look at that, especially the front and the way the air, you know, the, uh, the intakes look or where the headlights are and the in- air intakes are on the front of that fairing. And then you put up a picture of Darth Vader's helmet and it's very similar. And I'm not joking when I say it's very similar the way that those things, uh, look. Um, would encourage you to head on over to MotoGPMatters.com. Uh, That's David Emmett's great site. And he's got a couple great audio clips over there. Um, one of the, uh, the Yamaha R1 and one of the new, uh, Aprilia RSV4 and uh, that R- that really, really does sound like a MotoGP bike. Uh, also, Dino uh, uh, over on uh, Superbike Planet had a pretty good clip of the new R1, and it sounds it sounds pretty wicked. Um, I'm not really one on um, you know I, I I don't really get excited by inline four Japanese leader bikes. That one could be a little bit different. That uh, maybe it's just the sound of it, uh, the looks of it are a little mm, okay, but um, that could be a very interesting bike. Uh, bike to come up there there's also a video floating around on youtube of a, about a two minute commercial of yamaha that they run in europe with that bike there's some valentino rossi in there there's a lot of good uh, some pretty cool riding in there uh not being done by valentino rossi because the guy is wearing uh alpine star leathers and i can't remember what brand of helmet the guy's wearing but um the way he backs it into one of these corners you just your eyes get about you know like nine feet wide um, BMW's got a whole website up now for their uh, S1000RR bike with some with some cool audio and video stuff going on. So a lot of uh, a lot of these guys really starting to push uh, their content online to, to to preview these things. So where was I going with uh, with all that? I forgot what uh, road I even went started going down to get off on that uh, that line of thought. I think we're oh we're talking about Michael Scott. So anyways, uh, I'm not doing that column justice. I would encourage you, it's mag.gpweek.com, uh, the week of uh, the 3rd of November, uh, when the uh, when the gales of November came early on, on the lake they call Gitchigumi. Uh, sorry, bad reference. The uh, Go read it, it's quick, it'll take you about two minutes to read through it if it takes you that long, but he makes some, he makes some good points and... Um, be interesting to see what direction that uh, that MotoGP does going forward. And do 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 do. Okay, so World Superbike Race at uh, at Portimao, that uh, in Portugal the Algarve uh, circuit. From all reports, from riders, from people who were there, from some emails I've gotten, the track is absolutely incredible. It's going to be one of the the great tracks in the world. Just uh, uh, a lot of turns, a lot of flowing, but it's it's wide enough. There's a lot of enough different lines to get through there that uh, it's going to be one of the uh, uh, one of uh, good good. Someone got the someone got the uh, the reference there. Um, it's going to be one of the great tracks where we see some good riding. Um, granted, we saw a Bayless runoff, but um, the uh, the racing. Uh, second to seventh in uh, World Su- in World Superbike was good. There were some great battles going on uh, in the World Supersport races. So I think it's going to be one of those good tracks that uh, uh, that we're going to look forward to seeing bikes race at. Would hope that uh, MotoGP will make its way over to that track as well. Uh, still under construction at the time that everyone got there. That was put together. That that track was put together very very quickly. In fact, I was looking at the Google uh, excuse excuse me Google Maps images there and i think i noticed they were you know not even nine ten months old and and the track was just bulldozed and dirt at that point there's nothing really up there so the fact that they got that much done that quickly is uh says quite a bit 
And then, of course, they ran into a lot of problems with weather for the weekend. It's uh, the uh, Jack and Jamie were talking about how that you know they advertise for the tourists there that they get about twenty uh, twenty days of rain there a year, and apparently they got about sixteen of them in the three days that they were. The three day, the three days that they were there, they got most of those most of the days rain and it rained so bad you could literally see the dirt running uh, running across the track. No, I don't sit on a rubber donut. So, anyway, sorry. Uh, looking at the comments here in the uStream chat between uh, between some of the compost guys here. All right, enough distractions. Um, but anyways, it's, it's, it's proof that, uh, you know, A, not all tracks need to be designed by, uh, Herman Tilka or, um, uh, who's the guy who designs all the bad tracks here in the, in the U S Alan Wilson, uh, who uh, couldn't design a good track if, you know, if you paid him, uh, and people have paid him and he's yet to come up with a good track. Uh, Miller being about the closest thing he has, but, um, anyways, we're not, you know, Yet again, not another not, not another rat hole we need to go down. But uh, natural, you know, sort of use the natural terrain and hills and stuff like that and proof that computers and, and these two people that uh, you can come up with a good good modern track and, and we'll, uh, we'll hope to see some, some future good things there. Of course, uh, testing went on after everything was done there. Um, Shaky Byrne on the uh, Stelgarda team had the quickest times and uh, impressing a lot of people was Ben Spees. Uh, he was uh, ended up being three and a half tenths, I think, behind two two or three tenths behind Shaky uh, for for the quickest times throughout the throughout the weekend. Everyone was really impressed how Ben just jumped on a bike, uh, was immediately up to speed, and was running at race pace on a track that uh, didn't have as good of a surface when they got to testing. Uh, as it did under race conditions, so uh, things are looking good for uh, for young Mr. Spees next year on the uh, brand new R1. Uh, funny bit of irony is that his uh, teammate for next year, Mr. Tommy Sykes um, of the uh, British Superbike Championship. Uh, if those of you who have watched the BSB this year know that uh, Mr. Sykes runs the, uh, ironically, uh, very ironically, number 66 Suzuki. Uh, in the BSB, will be continuing to run uh, number 66 in World Superbike. So apparently, Mr. Spees cannot get away uh, from the number 66 for a teammate. Now, Mr. Spees will be running number 19 uh, on his bike next year, seeing as how uh, one would not be a possibility for him. 11 is taken, 111 is taken, so he's going to be running the number 19, which is supposed to be uh, a tribute to one of his old teammates when he was coming up through the club racing ranks. So that's the uh, that's what you'll see on him, and uh, he looks uh, dead serious in some of those pictures. And I think we're going to see some uh, some good stuff. He yeah, had Olivier Jacques as well. That's true. By the way, I, I still to this day think Olivier Jacques has the best racer replica helmet on the market. Well, it's not on the market. That's the problem. Otherwise, I'd buy it. Um, but I think it's uh, it's it's a super cool design. Yes, the flowery one. The um, sorry. the actual uh, superbike race, um, I guess it was very very fitting way for for Troy Bayless to go out. He uh, he got pole. He basically led every lap, swept both races, and and dominated and and you know really stamped his name as the king of world superbike racing. You look at it. He went. He started a hundred and fifty or a hundred and fifty one races. 
and won 52 of them, podium in 94. So basically, um, every every one out of every three races he won, just basically one out of every two races he was on the podium. So one out of every three races he wasn't on the podium. I mean, that's that's domination. And he really, and he did all that in a very, very short time frame. Um, came in in 2000, sub, subbing for uh, Fogarty, who uh, went off in a, that really nasty accident at Phillip Island, uh, ran through 2002. So 2000 through 2002, uh, went and ran uh, MotoGP from 03 through 06. Wait, let's see, three, four, five, six, five, six, whatever. And then uh, has come back and run uh, World Superbike the last three, yeah, last three years. So, uh, yeah, through 05, 03 through 05, 03, 04, 05, is that right? Yeah, I guess that's right. Um, so in a very, very short time frame, he, he completely dominated a series. And you can't say that it was just a Ducati Cup in those days. I mean, obviously, early the legendary battles uh, with Colin Edwards. Uh, in the la- last few years, he's had Toslin uh, to go against uh, Biaggi, Haga, uh, Troy Corser. So it's not like he was out there on his own. And uh, to answer the question, Scott, the reason I'm wearing headphones is so I can actually hear what I sound like through the microphone, uh, because what I sound like in my head versus what it sounds like uh, in the headphones are two very, very different things. And those of you who are watching Ustream can uh, can hear that. Um, in future things, I'll be able to pipe some stuff through here, and then I'd be able to hear that. <laughs> yeah, listening to NPR. I'm the, uh, the, the king of the NPR. So... Um, so a very fitting way for Troy to go out, and um, you know, even Troy got choked up about the whole deal when he was interviewed by Julian Thomas after the second race. You could literally see him, you know, having to think about what he's going to say and getting getting pretty emotional. Thought it was really cool that he brought his family up on the podium for both races, and um, you know, as I've said, it was time for Troy. It was time for Troy to go. He goes out, you know, he does the Costanza. He goes out on a high note. Um. You know, winning uh, winning the championship, literally being the best superbike rider uh, in the world, and everyone will always remember that him for that reason, rather than him sticking around for a couple of years, maybe you know another. Let's say he raced for another year or two. Certainly, he'd be very competitive, but I think he's getting to the point. He's going to be forty here in a couple of weeks. The body doesn't respond like it once did once you turn forty. Trust me, I'm literally at that spot, and I'm having to work harder and harder. Um, just to try and maintain, let alone get ahead. Um, so you keep pushing, knowing that what you once were able to do and something you, you may push too hard, you're not going to recover as quickly. He's out with his health. And I think we may see him make one or two appearances over the next year or two in a wild card um, appearance at certain races, say in Phillip Island. Um, he's probably going to do some... Uh, tin top racing down in Australia in the V8 Supercar Series there, so he'll keep busy. He's still going to be a Ducati test rider. I think he'll be doing some stuff with their, with, obviously with the superbike development going forward. I'm sure they'll give him some opportunities to ride the the MotoGP bike and have his input there as well. Uh, he's a very valuable member of the Ducati Ducati family, and they're not going to waste uh, that kind of capital and uh, and goodwill that Troy Bass. I mean, who the hell doesn't like Troy Bass? Please. I want someone send me rumblestripradio at gmail.com. Find me someone who doesn't like Troy Bayless. Really. I mean, he, he's a like, he, there's nothing, I, I don't know anything about the guy that, why you wouldn't like him. Um, 
He, there was a thing, it, it was his model they kept talking about during the that Jack and Jamie uh, kept talking about on the broadcast, and, and I thought it was very, very fitting. And it was um, Troy Bayless's motto of life is fear none, respect all. And I thought that was uh, that was pretty good. So, um, and that the the race, the other racing itself was was really good. I think the uh, the British boys uh, showed why um, why I've been so so excited and, and pumping the BSB series so much. Uh, Haslam and Crutchlow very much showed um, that they're competitive and and understand that those were bikes. Those were. BSB spec bikes. They didn't build anything different to run in World Superbike. So these guys were running, uh, you know, top, top two, three, four, five, six positions. <coughs> excuse me, on BSB spec bikes, and uh, running very well. And I ran into a few problems. Race one, they uh, they both had some uh, issues with tire delamination. Uh, I think Cal um, got uh, got into a you know a few elbows flying. In race got pushed back, but obviously Leon Haslam finished on the podium in race two. So these are what this is the reason why I was so excited about the BSB. These guys are really good, really fast, world class talent. Um, we're seeing a lot of them step up with uh, with Sykes, with Haslam, with Shaky, uh, getting um, uh, super bike rides, and um, we'll see how they go do going forward. But uh, very cool to see. Uh, those guys uh, doing well. My boy Ruben uh, was looking good at times in race in race one. He ended up having some some tire issues and, and falling back in race one, but uh, definitely had the elbows out and uh, banging some fairings in race one. Race two looked very good until he went down um, into that uh, final final corner. And shaky is shaky burn, not Michael J. Fox. God, thank you very much. Your humor is always is uh, is top notch. Um. So uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'd be interested to see Rubens House and Ben Spees going side by side in some racing. And who's got the uh, who's who's got the uh, lankier body uh, with elbows and, and legs flying everywhere next year? Um, one of the other interesting uh, things that uh, we saw is the BMW guys did not test at at uh, Portimao after World Superbike, but I think they tested at Valencia, right? Not within a few days of all that going on and were running times that were within half a second of um, some of the leading times from when the, when the Superbike guys were at, were at Valencia. So uh, sort of as you would expect, BMW's locked and loaded and going to probably be pretty competitive very, very quickly in World Superbike next year. Um, you know, I certainly don't expect these guys to win, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised by a podium appearance on occasion from those guys. Uh, Max Biaggi is out, uh, was out testing the uh, the Aprilia RSV4, and as I said, there's some audio clips floating around there. Check them out uh, at uh, MotoGPMatters.com. David Emmett uh, has got that up, and a uh, very cool bike. That's going to be a very interesting bike uh, with uh, with Max and uh, Shinya Nakano joining up on that team as well. So a couple of veteran guys who should be able to give them some good input over the next year or two to get that bike up to speed. Now, uh, I think they really start need, need to start thinking about who they're going to put on there to be a competitive rider. Uh, Nakano has his moments. Uh, if Aprilia will cut a check so that Wayne Gardner can be around a lot more, that uh, may go a long way to helping Shinya be competitive all year because Shinya's rebirth kind of coincided with Wayne Gardner um, 
coaching him up over the last uh, four or five races. And Max, well, Max is Max, so you never know what you're going to get out of uh, the Roman Emperor. Um, so it's going to be uh, a good year next year for World Superbike. There's going to be 14 full factory bikes on the grid next year, and you got to believe in 2010 there may be as many as 16 or 17 uh, factory bikes on the grid because KTM is pretty much set, especially with the release of this, uh, um, whatever their 10 RC8R, whatever they're calling the bike. Uh, is basically their step to um, getting ready to come into World Superbike. So, um, gonna be uh, gonna be very very cool. And and you know I think World Superbike may be the place to be, especially as the uh, MotoGP is still yes, it's the top shelf. It'll still be the pinnacle of racing, just as technically F1 is the pinnacle of of four wheel racing. It's just not necessarily where you're gonna see the best racing, and maybe even some of the you know some of the best riders. I can definitely see people like Rossi looking at World Superbike going this looks like a lot more fun and at the end of the day these guys are you know they want to get paid they should get, be paid they're probably paid way too little not they are not maybe they are paid way too little for the job that they do um, but you want to have fun while you're out there and like I said MotoGP has become who makes the least mistakes wins the race where World Superbike it's more about who's the best rider uh, you can in some ways, overcome uh, inferior equipment if you're a superior rider. Speaking of um, uh, inferior equipment, one of the big news, big things that came out uh, Saturday at uh, at Portimao was that the PSG1 team was being given the boot by Kawasaki. They were not going to be the factory back team, which is kind of came as no surprise considering that Olin's uh, had repoed a lot of their, their gear from them for uh, for non-payment and that was that had been at uh Bagnacour the 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 race before so uh Paul Bird Motorsport uh, which runs in the BSB and also World in and World Superbike they ran uh, Gregorio Lavia this year uh will be stepping in as the new factory backed Kawasaki team for next year and it will be with Brock Parks and Makoto Tamada as their riders and uh, so Gregorio Lavia, who rode for Paul Bird in, in World Superbike this year, is actually making the move over to what was the Alto Evolution team. Apparently, the Alto Evolution guys are getting bought out or whatever, getting kicked out. Uh, and another group that was partnered with them will be taking over that whole gig, thankfully. Um, again, we've rehashed all the crazy financial stuff that's gone on over at uh, Alto Evolution, um, you know, not paying riders, not paying members of the team, um, you know, throwing motors and bikes that were hundreds of miles overdue for rebuilds and, you know, causing them to blow up, causing the riders to get hurt, uh, oiling down tracks, stuff like that. So good that the, that, that crew that ran that team is gone. There's a new group taking over and, um, hopefully things will improve there. Let's see, what else do we have to talk about in World Superbike? Just scanning my notes here. Those were the main, main issues in World Superbike. Uh, breaking news about uh, half an hour to an hour ago before we, uh, you know, just before we started taping or recording is that the 
Yamaha team for the AMA has been announced for World Superbike, and that will be Mr. Ben Bostrom and Mr. Josh Hayes as your riders for the Yamaha Superbike team. Um, Tommy Aquino, who's a, who's a comer, is going to race in the, the Young Gun 600 class, and um, Josh Heron will stay to run the whatever the other, the Daytona Superbike, sorry, uh, to, to race in that class, basically what, what's now, for, what was, is now, was whatever, Formula Extreme. So uh, that's going to be your Yamaha team for 09. Um, no details if everyone's just on a one-year deal or, or what's going on, but um, congratulations to Josh Hayes for getting a factory Superbike ride, long, long overdue. Uh, Yamaha being the only manu- uh, Japanese manufacturer that he hasn't ridden for. He's ridden for Kawasaki, uh, Suzuki and Honda over the years, but never for uh, for Yamaha. So I hope that'll go well. Obviously, he's going to be on uh, what appears to be a very very good bike, uh, based off what we saw in testing from 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 Ben and from Tom in the World Superbike. You got to believe the AMA version will be okay at the different spec, but based on the same things, you should it should be uh, should be pretty cool. Uh, ben obviously having a rebirth this past year. In uh, in world in uh, in super sport, uh, getting some things di- fixed with his health. Uh, apparently, all the uh, crazy stuff he's doing with his diet was because he had some allergies uh, to to food, and that was causing him all his health issues, causing him like not being able to see correctly. So that's all been sorted. That's why he was uh, much more competitive this year. So he says, and uh, we'll see how he does on a super bike, and, and it'll be good to see Ben back on a super bike. Uh, what else is going on for super bike? Really unknown, other than uh, Matt Maladin is under contract for next year to run Yoshimura. I'm assuming they'll be in the in there, and I believe Tommy Hayden will be running with Yoshimura as well. That's not a done deal, or it's a little fuzzy at this point what's going on. But other than that, um, and other than uh, Allrich's team, which was announced you know five months ago, that's really all that's been signed, sealed, and delivered at this point for the AMA paddock. However, with Yamaha making these calls, you got to believe that. Uh, uh, that dominoes are going to start to fall. So uh, Jeff is asking in the chat room, do I think Aprilia will be a power next year or uh, or BMW? Um, BMW, as I said, I think we'll see them on the podium a few times. Race win, I don't think so, um, but certainly running in the top five, six, seven next year. Aprilia, maybe half a step behind them, certainly running in the top top half dozen consistently. Uh, podiums, not sure. There's been some rumors that they're still having motor issues, uh, keeping motors together in, in long-term testing. Uh, Aprilia did come out of the gate very strong last time with the, uh, with the Millie, and we'll see. Part of it has to do with who's actually going to be running the team, and I don't know that that's been decided who's actually running the team next year. Um, there's been rumors that, uh, uh Luca de Monitron, uh, will be running the team. He of the you know the uh, old Konica Minolta team and the Team Scott, all that other stuff that went on. Uh, there's been rumors of him. I've heard uh, Virginia Ferrari's name pop up again. A, a few others. So we'll see. Some of it depends on support. Uh, obviously, Piaggio is a huge company uh, who can definitely throw some money at it. But the question is, how much money are they going to throw at it? Um, and a lot of it depends on how much money they're going to be spending in uh, in 250GP, especially with the uh, four-stroke era coming, um, how much they're going to start scaling back what they're doing there with KTM pulling out. So 
lot of questions of, of where their emphasis is going to be going forward. I, I can definitely see them scaling back to 250 and focusing on the, on the motorcycles on the on the well, on world superbikes since that's really what they're pushing uh, are their uh, are their big four stroke bikes going forward um, some uh, new bikes that are coming out or that have made their appearances and coming out we've seen the uh, Ducati Street Fighter come out mm, I I I like the concept I just you know I like the fact that it's uh, you know the 848 motor in that thing it it looks pretty you know spec wise it looks really cool pricing maybe a little high, but it is a Ducati. It is an aspirational bike. Not completely sold on all of the styling. It does not look good in black. In white and red, okay. Uh, but that is not a bike that looks good in black. Uh, I've seen a lot of comments about this uh, BMW lowrider concept bike that comes out. Um, that's come out. And I've seen a lot of people really, really like it. But it just I think it's the tank that's so out of proportion for me. Uh, just does something that's uh, not digging on that bike. Um, we'll see uh, see how that uh, if if that actually comes into production. But BMW's got this new uh, super bike coming out. We'll see uh, how that goes. Ducati's interested in introducing new bikes. There's 1200 cc versions of the Shiver and the Duro Doso, Duro Doso for coming from Aprilia. Um, uh, KTM's tweaking some of the stuff. So a lot of good V twin stuff coming out. Um, very, 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 very quiet on the Honda front. There's nothing interesting coming from Honda right now. Um, I would tell you in the next month, I think, that uh, Johnny over at Live Fast Racing and I are going to do a show strictly, uh, basically cut a strictly motorcycle show, and we're really going to spend a lot of time talking about uh, you know, the new product that's coming out, what excites us, what we're interested in, um, and, and how there is such a lack of interesting stuff coming out of the uh, the big four out of Japan this year. Uh, some of that having to do with world economy. Some of it just, you know, where 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 do they go now? They've taken the uh, sport bikes and made them so specialized now. Going forward, they're just like hardcore. Is there something that, you know, where where's that cool in between bike that can appeal to a broader market? You know, the the kid, the young kids. God, I'm, I'm saying the young kids because I'm starting to get to be that middle aged guy. I'm starting to be that guy. Uh, who's like, yeah, I would really like a hardcore sport bike, but do I want to ride that every day or you know every few days? Um, do I want something that's a little nicer that I can take out and and, and ride for longer distances, do some riding rather than throwing some Healy bars on on a sport bike and still not having a, a, a comfortable ride? So that'll be coming out over the next, uh, I think probably within the next month. Uh, we're gonna do the next. We just put out a show last week. Uh, that was show number 20, which was uh, pretty cool, the usual two-hour marathon there, but I think that one flowed pretty well. Uh, where the next show we're going to cut will probably be mostly NASCAR-focused, uh, just because it's the end of that season. We've got lining up a guest for that who's um, uh semi-well-known guy in the NASCAR uh, broadcast field, a uh, guy with a, a huge resume. So we're uh, not a done deal, but that... Uh, Oh, and, and a set of pipes that I'd kill to have. Dude's got a voice from. Ugh. Uh, anyways, um, look for that uh, probably in a week or two, and then after that, I think we're going to do the the motorcycle show. And let's see, what else do I have to uh, to get over here? Oh, show went a little longer than I expected, so that's good. So just uh, last uh, last gl- glance of my notes here, and I think we've got pretty much everything covered. Uh, for that so with that um we'll 
let you know that Rumble Strip Radio is a production of Raul Duke Media LLC and is protected under Creative Commons license. Some rights are reserved. Head on over to the website, subscribe to the feed via iTunes, via your favorite RSS reader. You can download it right off the site. I've had some people have emailed me asking how to do that, uh, you know, how to get the show on a consistent basis uh, who don't have iTunes, and, and I tell them subscribe through your RSS feed. I mean, if you use... Um, you know, Google Reader, it's just free. It's it's easy enough to do. Um, if you're a Mac guy, Safari subscribes to RSS feeds automatically too. I mean, whatever you whatever you do, um, you know, burn burn the shows onto CD, put them on a USB key, do what you need to do. Let's spread the show numbers. Eh, you know, it's that weird part of the year where the numbers start to fall off consistently. Just it's what happens. But um, yeah, let's get the show out. Let's get it. Uh, let's get the numbers pumped back up a little higher to where they have been in the past. Uh, send all your feedback, rumblestripradio uh, at gmail.com on the website. Also, don't forget, if you would like to donate to the show, please do so. I encourage, even if it's five, ten bucks, look, ten bucks pays for a month of our bandwidth so um, for, for the show and, and for the hosting of the show. So, uh, feedback, rumblestripradio at gmail.com. You got any juicy gossip? Uh, you know, kick it our way. If you are hooked up with uh, writers, team owners, uh, people in the industry you think it'd be interesting, uh, send me a note, and we can get that. Like I said, I'm looking to do some some really good, uh, some really good interviews here over the next few months. I'm going to go back into the archives, pull out some old school road racing worlds from you know like we did last year, going back to like '91, and pulling out some of those and reliving some of those days as well. So uh, definitely planning some good things going forward. I do have a do have a plan, even though the the news and and a lot of stuff is going to be a little light going forward, but uh, should be some uh, should be some fun. So. Uh, outro music this week, I think, very appropriate. It's a, it's uh, the first time I think in a very long time I'm repeating outro music. Uh, uh, very appropriate music from from David Bowie going to be the outro music, which you won't hear on the UStream feed, but if you download the show, you'll get it. So um, it's uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, with that, that's it. Head on, uh, check out Live Fast Racing uh, for the show we did over there, Johnny over at Live Fast Racing. Uh, David Emmett over at uh, Kropotkin Thinks. And please, 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 please head on over to Road Racer X and uh, click through. And, and I'm not just trying to do this because it was my interview. What I'm trying to do is, uh, is, is help out Jeff Feathers, who does these interviews. He does a really good job. And if you aren't reading uh, the Tuesday, Tuesday conversations and between the races that Jeff does, you do it. But I want to put, send as much traffic over there as I can um, because those guys track that stuff. And the more traffic we can send over there and, and promote Jeff and stuff like that, that's, that's uh, even better. So um, head on over there, roadracerex.com. It's this week's uh, Between the Races. That was me. So uh, if you could do that, that would be great. So until I uh, talk to you again next time, have fun, be good. Most importantly, keep it on two wheels. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.